Welcome to Financial Sobriety. This is Ace, executive producer of the program. Well, I was so excited about this next two-part program that I accidentally launched part two when we finished producing it instead of loading it up behind part one, which plays today. So for the many, many, many of you that subscribe and heard part two late last week when it showed up in your phones, I think it's going to make even more sense when you hear part one today. So my apologies for that error to those of you who already heard part two. In the proper order, here's today's regularly scheduled episode about avoiding the January visa hangover with part two to follow tomorrow. So of the top 10 holiday spends in history, oh, this will. where do you predict 2021 finishes in the top 10 of all time? Numero uno. Really? You think this one's going to outspend 2020? I do. Nice. What is financial sobriety? Well, first, I'm Jim Gebhardt. Oh, I'm Matthew Grishman. That's good. We should introduce ourselves. And this podcast is all going to be about three relationships that really, when you stop and you think about them, you don't think they go together. But it's your relationship you have with money. It's the relationship you have with people who mean the most to you. And ultimately, the relationship you have with yourself. So I might imagine that those three relationships are somewhat wrapped together. That when one gets a little out of whack, perhaps it has an effect on the others. Stick around and you'll find out. So you recently tickled my fancy with a comment that you made not that long ago about a impulse spend. And so much of this show is really not for the audience, but it's more cathartic for you and I to oh, just absolutely. come in studio and kibitz on whatever is going on. And certainly there's so much going on in the world today that we could spend a, you know, a week in studio talking about it. Oh, what's going on in the world, what's going on in our firm, they're just everything we've got going on, there's just a lot going on. So yes, this is a very... <sighs> kind of one of those moments. Yeah. I think we did this recently where we started our conversation in studio with some gratitude about just being able to be here to talk things out, to reason things out, talking to one another, helping kind of make sense of what's going on in the world. Right. This is really, Are you doing really the helpful. intro or am I? What intro? <laughs> Aren't we just sitting here talking with each other? Yes, I was getting to gratitude, so let's kick that off. What are you grateful for today? I'm grateful to be here in studio today. Nice. Absolutely. What are you grateful for today? I'm still coming off a high. The high is my two, my two daughters. They knocked my socks off this past weekend. We had a wonderful opportunity on Friday to go see our daughter Emily swimming in a swim meet down at Fresno State. This was a, one of their big early season meets, and she crushed it. She had some of her best swims in years. Nice. It was just such a thrill to see her with her team and having fun. They upset UCLA. Why were they upset? Exactly. And so in the context of COVID in a bubble, uh, when the team travels, and this is not COVID-related, they're in a bubble. We spend no time with them. But Dad got his hug, got to spend about five minutes with her after the meet on Friday night, spent the night, got up early, Zoomed my fanny, so we drove separately. Beth and the, and the boys stayed down to watch the second day of the swim meet. I Zoomed to Berkeley to see Grace play in her first lacrosse game. And what a thrill that was to go back-to-back -back watching my two daughters, as we like to say, chasing their dreams with their eyes open. Yeah. And the smile, I know I've been talking about it all week with you, the smile that Grace gave me when she walked off that field 
we got a picture of it, which is awesome that we captured it. It's the brightest, happiest kid I've ever seen. It's 10x a Christmas morning when she was four years old. It was awesome. Because for the first time in her life, she's where she belongs. Oh, it was just how cool is so that? fantastic. That so I'm still, cool. I'm still with all the things that we've got going on. I'm, I'm still riding that high. Yeah. Oh yeah. I get. That's it. my gratitude this morning. Oh, that's beautiful. Yep. As a dad, that's just got to feel amazing. Well, I, and I, I intentionally because everything we try to do now is intentional, and I wore a T-shirt that day because, as my mother would say, if you wore a shirt, all the buttons would have burst off. <laughs> So I, I specifically had a you left your button shirts. I left home. the button shirts at home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. Uh, do tell there, uh, Mon Frere, what do we got going on in the old impulse spend category? Oh, I was kind of hoping with all our gratitude we would have forgotten. We could just about do that, that for forty five minutes. Yeah, we just do that and we'd forget about the fact that I told you I had a, a, a little whoopsie. whoopsie. Yeah, a little a, l- a little relapse. This was a good one. No, okay. Define that though. How do you? What's like good as in like. <laughs> Well, let let me take let me take some time to define that. It was a good one in a few ways. It was a good one in that first it reminded me that I am a spendaholic. I will always be a spendaholic. That will never go away. Until you're not. Uh, you know, as much as we've heard that saying before, this is one of those things that I think once it's in you, it's in you. Oh. The the difference being is becoming aware of it and learning how to deal with it so that you do less and less of it over time learning other ways of dealing with what's driving spendaholic behavior, what drives that impulse spend. I I guess there were, again, a number of things that were cool about this. First, the realization that I'm going to continue to mess up in life, and I can be okay with that because I have a new way to own those mistakes and fix those mistakes. Whereas, really, before you and I ever started talking, all I would ever do with mistakes or times that I fell down was just beat myself up incessantly over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, numb, numb them in some way. Well, and, and, and I would just continue making bad choices because I would continue numbing how I was feeling about the mistakes that I would make. Sure. So it, just the idea that I'm going to continue to make mistakes and I have a new way of dealing with those mistakes and processing those mistakes so that they don't stay with me emotionally for eons and eternity, it feels like. That was one of the, the big ahas from this. Another big good aha from all of this. I know comparison is the thief of all joy, and I said no to comparison. And I'm not allowed to compare anymore. Yeah, but you say no to comparison, but comparison will find you. Well, and it did here. And it found me, I think, in a good way because I compared this impulse spend to the impulse spends of the past. And this one was far less damaging. Far less damaging. Now, it left me in a very similar place than that really, really bad streak of impulse spending back in 2005 when I first met you, where that got me. This left us in a similar situation in that here we were just a couple of days ago looking at our bank account, and it was overdrawn by $111. Now, you remember when that happened to me back in 2005. It was $210. It was was a little bit more, and it was also— So it's 50% lesser. It's 50% lesser. Well, that's not as much— the point of it as I know. Yeah, I know. Mr. Serious. <laughs> Some days you're the playful guy. Some days I'm the playful guy. I'm caffeinated. Guy. Oh, now you're caffeinated. So now you're into it. The difference this time was that we had savings. I didn't have savings back then. But because we've been so much more intentional with what we do with our money each month, 
there was some savings. So when I was overdrawn a few days before the next direct deposit, it wasn't as big of a deal. Let me let me tell you about the impulse purchase. Really? Okay, yeah. we're we're going to get we're, to that. We're going to get to it. Oh, hallelujah! I'm exhausted. So here's what happened about a month ago. I've got this group of situational friends. It's a big group of guys. It's a little men's networking group. They all decided that they were going to rent a fishing boat in November and go fishing off the coast of California okay, to not... catch ling cod, rock cod, dungeness crab, all the cool little critters you can catch off the coast of California. Like a good financial sobriety student, when I heard about this and the urgency with which we needed to say yes to this, I paused. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, right? The 10, 10, 10 bells were going off in my head, and I paused. Well, in the process of pausing to see if this was something I really wanted to do, I forgot about it. The guys went ahead, 28 people sign up for this boat, and then all of a sudden, about a week ago, there's an announcement at our little coffee get-together that we've still got a couple of open spaces, a few people dropped out, we're going in November, Come on, guys, who's in? And I immediately jumped on it. I was like, I'm doing it. I can't miss this. I can't miss this. I can't miss this. These 28 guys are going. What happens if I'm not there? I'm that's, not a big, gonna, that's a big boat. It's a big boat. They, well, they took the whole boat out. But all 28 guys of this group are going, and I'm not going? How could I miss this? I Mo- can't miss this. Most fishing boats I know are like you know six to eight fishermen. How many times have you been fishing? I, this is all just voyeuring on oh. uh, my friends that fish online. I was going to say, so not personal experience here. No, no I've I've certainly been fishing. <laughs> you uh, have? Oh, sure, absolutely. At, at Red Lobster, mm, Lake Ontario. Oh, mostly. Okay, uh, but that what's what is? I can't see him with a fishing pole in his hand. Can you? What is quite entertaining is uh, I've had somewhere around, I don't know, seven hundred meals with you. Yeah, uh, and you've never once ordered fish. Oh. <laughs> that's good because I don't like to eat most fish. Right. That's part of the humor in this for me is you're going on a fishing trip. And I get the camaraderie. I get it's the people. La, yeah. La, la. Yeah. But you're going to come home with 17 pounds of lincod and go, uh, That is my one exception to fish. I love lincod. Ah. And I love Dungeness crab. Ah, okay. So I'm all good I've never this. seen you eat either, but I believe you. Because we don't live where you the can get it very live. easy. Yeah, yes. the lingcod live at the beach. And to How get about it, some fried haddock on Friday night? Uh, I do a little fish and chips with you. All right. I do that when I'm at the ocean. You all and right. I just haven't done a, a beach vacation together. You always drag me to places like the desert and the mountains and right. horrible places like that to hang out. So what did this episodic adventure cost? This episodic adventure was a $225 spend. Not a huge spend. Not horrific. But not a planned spend. And it's been an expensive couple of months for us. August, September, October. August, September, October. Birthday season, birthday season, anniversary season, back to school season. All of those things, it's a very, very, very expensive time of year. And then you add on top of it the one month a year that Amy doesn't get a paycheck is August. Is August. So we did a much better job this year of preparing for that. By Hence savings. saving a little bit throughout the year so that we'd have that cushion for the month of August. But when this thing came and when this thing hit, we were a couple of days away from the next direct deposit. We had already paid ourselves first. We had paid all of our bills. There was a little bit left. I wasn't paying too close attention to it. And I had this fear of missing out that just even though this was the second time I had heard about this event— I had to do it. I had to jump in. I felt this impulse of if I'm not there, 
I'm going to miss out on being a part of something. They're not going to like me. Oh, this is going to be awful. They're all going to be talking about me, 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 me. That self-centered monster inside my head started coming back. So I raised my hand. I Venmoed the guy 225 bucks. And you're and, going fishing. And then I got the alert from my bank that your account is overdrawn. Okay. Pause button. Okay. What was your immediate emotional reaction to that? Because this is this is PTSD-esque. Yes. Great question. Of course, that alert came after I had left the room and was by myself away from the guys. My immediate impulse was regret. When I saw that hit my bank account, my head immediately went back to that place in 2005. Oh, my God, what did you do, you loser? You did it again. Oh, wait a minute. It isn't 2005 anymore. I'm not spending money like it grows on a tree in my backyard. I'm not Mr. Jones anymore. I'm not even trying to keep up with who took over the job when I gave it up. This isn't 2005 anymore. Slow down. Hang on. You've got savings. But you probably still shouldn't have impulsively said yes. You probably should have done something a little bit different. So rather than what I would have done back then, which is freak out, go back, beg for my money back, try to reverse the transaction, and then go beg Amy for my forgiveness for putting us in this situation, instead I just went home and I had a conversation with Amy. Honey, I messed up. She goes, I saw the overdraft today. Was that you? Yes, that was me. What's going on? Well, I said yes to something before, like, pausing and thinking about it and talking with you about it. She said, well, what was it? And I told her that I chose to go on a fishing trip with a bunch of people, a bunch of situational friends. We're going to have fun. We're going to bring home a bunch of tasty lingcod and Dungeness crab, and it'll be wonderful. And she said, okay, I, I appreciate what you're saying and that we should have talked about this ahead of time. But let's make believe we're talking about it ahead of time now. God, I love this woman. She's the best. Is this purchase in alignment with the people, places, and experiences that mean the most to you? Yes. So had you pushed the pause button and come home and talked to me about it, would we have ultimately said yes to having you go do this? Yes, we would have. And? And? That works if you have the savings. And that's, that's what gave us so much of the breathing room. Right. That's where this, to me, makes all the sense in the world in terms of that, that filter by which you're making the decision. Yes. It doesn't give you permission if you don't have that money available to go on the fishing trip. Right. It would, that would be completely irresponsible. Absolutely. Right? That's, I just I want to slow it down and make a distinction on that. And, and in 2005, what you would have done would have had at least one, at least one comma in it. In what way? The error, the oops. Oh, a little $225 oopsie doops in this case. Right. Uh, relative to what you would have done back then. I mean, this is like a, a grain of sand on the beach. Right. That would have been a $22,000 oops. Yes. Yeah. No, I might have had absolutely. wheels or a dial <laughs> or something interesting. Or lift off. Right. Not fish. Absolutely. But what was incredible about it was how the incident of seeing that overdraft on my checking account which really is not a big deal because we don't live check to check anymore. Yes. We don't live right. for those days of direct deposit like we used to live. But there was something that triggered those old feelings, that old, like you said, it was almost like a PTSD moment where I immediately flashed back to what it was like 
when that happened 16, almost 17 years ago. And if we're measuring progress in arrears, holy cow, have we come a long way. Good on you, mate. Yes. Yes. So, awesome. Yeah, it was, and that's that's why I say it was a good thing to experience because it brought back some of the past. It brought back some very important reminders that I can never forget, but it also gave me a basis with which to compare my past with my present. And in that case, comparison wasn't the thief of all joy. If anything, it brought me a little bit of happiness. What I love about the story is both your progress and the fact that we're recording this in the fall. We're recording this in the beginning of Q4. It'll be a little while before the episode you know, comes out. But we know what's coming. Oh, well, we know what's coming. What's coming, and, well, Santa? And before we—because I'm, I'm going to ask you to make a prediction here in a, in a second. What this little impulse spend, especially with what's coming, helps me get really, really clear on is that my drug of choice is impulse spending. Whenever I'm feeling hungry, angry, lonely, tired, scared, fearful, anxious, irritable, one restless. More, one more time. Discontent, sad, upset, or sometimes I just flip and deserve it. Mm. I want to go buy something. When I'm feeling feelings that I don't want to feel, I do something about it. I distract myself with an impulse purchase because for a very short period of time, that gizmoch that I don't need makes me feel better. It replaces that feeling temporarily, and then it leaves me feeling empty again. Aren't you a beautifully trained seal? Or, 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 or. Right? I mean, you're, you, you, me, most people have been beautifully honed and crafted into impulse shoppers. Yes. Impulse everythingers. Sure. Everything is now. Right. Got to have it now. Especially if I'm feeling a certain way that I don't want to feel. And it's okay in society, right? Because there's a lot of behaviors that are not acceptable. Perhaps in times of uh, yesteryear, people would have done. That impulse shopping, impulse spending is an acceptable behavior. Oh, absolutely. Think right? of, think of it's, every— It's self-destructive. Absolutely. It's completely self-destructive, and the mindlessness that comes with it is—that's part of it, is the mindless behavior when I catch myself and I'm on an, I'm on an app, and it's like, ooh, with two clicks, I can have this in 48 hours. Yes. And I, I hit the pause button, right? I yes. go I go 10 minutes. Oh, guess what? I got distracted. Imagine that. Yes. Well, and now with what's coming over the next couple of months, we have this little justification tool that we could very easily fall prey to when we're just killing time. I mean, for me back in 2005, I would kill time by going into a shopping mall. I don't want to deal with how I'm feeling right now. Let me go distract myself. I'll go walk around the mall. And I would window shop and I would distract myself and, ooh, I need that, right? I would convince myself. Now it's completely frictionless, like you've said. We don't have to go anywhere to distract how we're feeling, we can pull out our oh, smartphone. Oh, and God help you if you click on an ad and now how it follows you. Oh, it doesn't leave you alone. It's relentless. It haunts you. It's like a dog following you with sausage in your pockets. Yes. It's impossible to get away from it. So it just, not only does it make it easier, it makes it harder almost to resist making the purchase. And with what's coming over the next couple of months... 
we're going to start using this as a justification to make that purchase. Ooh, that would really look good on her for the holidays. Ooh, what a great little holiday gift idea for fill in the blank. Yeah. You made a prediction this time last year that I think is worthy of making another prediction. That the Patriots would win the Super Bowl? A uh, different prediction. Oh, you 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 make a lot of predictions, but this is a because that's kind of what you're in the business of. You make predictions. Oh, sure. And, and you hope everything works out that way. That's right? so me. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. I love your predictions. I mean, first of all, let's take a look at what's going on in the world. Do you think there are any feelings that people are having no. out there today? Come on, everybody's just in a neutral. Neutral. Place. We're ne- all feeling neutral. All feeling neutral and easy like Sunday morning. What's that new color? Grayish. Grayish. Oh, yeah, that everybody's painting their houses. Everybody's feeling grayish. Yeah, Neutral. Right, right. right. Neither hot nor cold. Oh, there's a lot of hot and there's a lot of cold. Yeah. There's a lot of emotion out there. So what do you think is going to happen for the 2021 holiday season as a result of all the emotion that's going on in the world today? Oh, that's my prediction. What's your prediction? I'm going to go on record and say that it is absolutely off the hooks in terms of spending. Now, let me be very clear, disclaimer, that is not the Gebhardt family. I'm saying this at a macro level. I'm saying this at a 20,000-foot level, that the level of stress, and and as we know, the consumer makes up 70% of the U.S. economy. God bless them. And they will do it again. They will go out and spend beyond their capacity. Okay. we. I'm, I'm going to change the they. You. They. Self-righteous bastard. What did I say? I said they? That they are going to go out and spend. I'm going to change that. We. Because as much as we love pointing the finger, brother, there's three fingers pointed right back at ourselves. We, the American people. Oh, we, the American people. Sure. We'll absolutely go blow it out this holiday season. Sure. And that that absolutely is righteous of me. Yes. Partly because I feel so righteous that we have a Christmas savings account. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that is that's it. Well, one, that's all there. That's all there is. You, you and I can't forget that even though you and I have made some choices that are a little bit different than what all of society does, we are still a part of all of this. Absolutely. And, and we want to show people in our world that it's possible to do something that's not natural, to do something that's not what habitual the mainstream megalomedia machine has been training us these last 10, 20, 30 years to do, right? It's not easy to do that. It doesn't come naturally to not get sucked in and do what you're told to do. I think the deserve factor that you mentioned earlier is a big one. Absolutely. Talking with friends, talking with family, talking with clients, the level of stress and the I deserve component to all of this is probably going to be the highest it's ever been. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're coming on it depends on your perspective with COVID, but, you know, this is, in many respects, still a COVID holiday season. Right. We're a little bit more open in terms of being able to go and do and see and be with people, but it's been a hard year. Yeah. And and we deserve to have a good holiday. Exactly. Yeah. That's my prediction. So of the top 10 holiday spends in history, oh, this will. where do you predict 2021 finishes in the top 10 of all time? Numero uno. Really? You think this one's going to outspend 2020? I do. Nice. I do, partly because people are richer. Ah. What do I mean by that? Yeah, I was going to say, keep keep coming on that. What do I mean by that? 
richer in the context of if you own a home, it's up. If you have money in retirement savings, generally speaking, it's, it's up. up. Yeah. Over a year Since ago. last year. Right. Since right, last year. Right. Generally speaking, your real estate is up. Generally speaking, the world is wealthier today than it was a year ago. Okay. So there's this sense of financial confidence that's grown since last year just by the fact that asset values are higher. My experience with a longtime client who's in the cabinet business, he's in the residential, not necessarily custom cabinet business, he's a manufacturer's representative. I would always try to train him or teach him that he is his business is a lagging indicator. Mm. And that if he wants to look at the next quarter of his business, he needs to be tracking the stock market and the economy this quarter. Because when you get your September 30th 401k statement and it's up a gazoogle and you're like, wow. Time for new kitchen cabinets. I think we can redo the bathroom. Yeah. We could. Oh, how about the Yeah. You know what? Let's do it. Yeah. We work hard, don't we? We deserve it. We deserve it. Let's go take a loan against this 401k and get it done. And I don't think he I don't think he ever did it, but I would I this this is something I would enjoy doing because I'm goofy like this. I would love to go into his business and look at his quarterly results and overlap them with the prior quarter in the stock market hmm. to see what kind of correlation there is. So when I say we're 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 wealthier, we're richer, we're better off than we are today than we were a year ago. So much of that for me goes into the prediction that this will be the highest spend ever because with that feeling of, oh, we're, look at that. We're in better shape than we were a year ago. Yeah. You know what? Buy the, buy the platinum package thing. Well, and, and for people who don't necessarily are asset wealthy either, right? If you don't own a house or big investment accounts, just by the fact that how many trillions of dollars of stimulus money, I mean, we, we've seen- $10, $12 trillion of total government investment get poured into the campfire, as you like to talk about. Of the 12 or so trillion dollars, how much of that was actual stimulus dollars that went into the pockets of people in the form of you know cash reserves and future spendable money? A lot. A bunch of it. A lot. So you've even got people who aren't necessarily asset rich who've gotten this kind of wave of tax refund, tax credit, stimulus payments. Yeah, cap spending capability. Yeah, that are all going to give us more capability to go out and get what we deserve. Yeah, that that's my prediction. Okay, so it's going to be a big one. If we have your prediction come true, yeah. what does that look like for January of 2022 for so many people? Oh, that's when I'll go back to the gym. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Like I'll start to exercise again? Oh, that well, that I'm kind of getting your prediction of what January is going to look like. So you're going to go to the gym. Well, we're going to have Emily's 21st birthday. Okay. And then my birthday falls a couple days later. Ah. Uh, the point at which you know nobody's interested in having a nice dinner, having a piece of cake, or or buying a present of any right. kind. Right. So that's cool. Best time of year to have birthdays. I'm I'm good with that. But typically, what happens around that third week of the month? is what you and I affectionately refer to as the visa hangover. Absolutely. I know it's happened to me. Oh, it's happened to me many times. Oh, going into the holiday season with so much gluttony, so much feeling like I deserve to have a big holiday season, and I always seem to forget what always follows. 
and that is the visa hangover that comes about three weeks into the new year. It is awful. It's awful because it's that it's that all-inclusive trip that you've just been enjoying for weeks on end. And the bill in came. the month of December. Yeah. And now the bill comes. Oh, it's awful. Some of the most stressful times in my life have come as a result of that because of the gluttony that the mindless spending that we went through during the holidays because either we deserved it or our kids deserved it. And a lot of it was stuff that by the time New Year's rolled around, eh. we weren't even interested in it anymore. Correct. Meaningless stuff. Correct. What do you uh, want to do about it? Well, I think we need to do what we did last year about it. When I think back to some of the stuff we were talking about when we were here in studio in January, episode 28 was called Getting Started on the Right Path. It was us kind of setting some intention earlier in the year about getting the year started on the right path, using some very basic money principles in the world of financial sobriety as it relates to how we use our money and using that model in January to set us up for a better end of the year, just a better year than we had the year before, making progress. So what I want to do about that is first, let's go back to January and just a little self-check. Happy New Year. Yeah, how'd we do? I mean, so in the beginning of the year, we set some intention based on a couple of questions we asked each other. What's for lunch? Well, we did, and we got our Nick's Tacos that day. So I was very happy that we accomplished that objective. After we had full bellies, we then talked about what financial security looked like, what it looked like to you, what it looked like to me. And I know for me what financial security looked like was having six months worth of living expenses sitting in a savings account so I didn't have to live paycheck to paycheck anymore. And to think that we've accomplished that and that I have this feeling of financial security as we kind of round the turn into the fourth lap of 2021. Into the home stretch. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. That's awesome. I'm feeling really good. The second big question that we asked one another is, what keeps you up at night about money? I answered the first question, what keeps you up at night about money? Some of that. Some of the cash reserves that we've made great progress on in 2021. It keeps you up at night? It did. It used to because okay. I didn't have it. Ah, not right. having the cash reserves. Absolutely. Yeah. Run, running the business and the demands of that, you know, every everybody gets paid first. And at times when business has been challenging, that has put stress on the Gebhardt family in terms of cash reserves. And having, uh, so I would lose sleep over that in the past. I don't lose sleep over that anymore. That's awesome. Yeah. So would you say that going into this holiday season, you're feeling pretty prepared and pretty equipped? To- I would go so far as to say armored. Ah, okay. Tell me more. That I know the war that is waged during the holidays and the relentlessness of the marketeers. It's coming. It's I know it's coming. Yeah. Right? It's like you but know But you feel prepared. You, you feel like you, you got your battle armor you on. You know all 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 of the infantry and the air force and the navy is coming to attack. And I would predict in about the next well from the time that this episode drops, it's probably starting to happen now. It's happening now. Yeah. The advertising bombardment is happening now. So I feel as though we've got shields up and we're as prepared as we could be. And Beth and I are in alignment on less stuff, more experience. Yeah. So I feel as armored as I've been perhaps ever. That's awesome. 
That's very cool. And that comes from a lot of the work that, you know, we've we've been doing personally as well as with our practice. Yeah. There I said it again. Our business. Our business. Yeah. As well as what we talk about here on the show. Yeah. Well, the, so how are we uh, how are we going to help people? Yeah, that that's that, what I want to get to. Well, since you and I, I mean, we we have a whole community who joined us last January to help prepare for what's to come. And I think that some of our friends who are with us today have been with us in in that preparation mode. They like you and I made a decision that when it comes to the three things you can do with money, right? One of those things, well, you can spend it, you can save it, you can invest it. When it comes to saving the money, you and I made an intentional decision to pay ourselves first so that we could be better prepared for the holiday season. We save at the beginning of the month when money comes in, then whatever's left is what we use to pay other people. So I think there is a group of financial sobriety people that are prepared, but we've also had some friends come join us along the way. And people who maybe didn't get the head start on the year like you and I did. Sure. So I think there are some things that we could be doing now because this is about the time of year when everybody starts checking out a little bit. This is when people start sloughing off. Sloughing off a little bit. Oh, it's the holidays. Which is the perfect time for unintentional, mindless spending to well, start happening. In the analogy that I used earlier about being armored, right? yeah. what happens when you let your guard down? The shields go down. You're you're vulnerable. They can, you're vulnerable. Yeah, they can they can sneak in. Yes. So the intentionality as we go into this, yes, is big. Yes. For those of you that weren't with us in the beginning of the year and who've joined us over the course of the year, what we're going to be doing starting November fifteenth, on that Monday for the next five days is we are going to hold our first time ever for the first time ever, a five day say no more challenge. Right here with Jim and Matt, Financial Sobriety, we're going to do this live online for one hour a day for five days, where the whole purpose of this five-day Say No More challenge is to say no more to unintentional spending, to mindless spending, so that ultimately we get to come into January of 2022 and avoid that huge visa hangover that's been plaguing us every single year. The pain of discipline or the pain of regret? Oh, this is the year that we are going to help people get rid of that pain of regret that comes with almost every January because while everybody else is checking out, we're going to check in. This is an investment. This, this is a five, six, seven-hour investment. This is an investment of time. About an hour a day Yep. with us online. Facebook Live, Instagram Live, something like that. We'll have it. We'll have lots of different ways to plug in and connect for and an we're gonna hour go a day. And we're going to go through some of our, our most meaningful content. The five simple tools you need to avoid the January visa hangover. Let's do it. It's going to start November 15th. It's going to be every day at noon Pacific time for one hour. It's a five-hour investment. There is no cost to participate. Beautiful. Just to show up. So come on, sign up. Free live event, five days, one hour a day to help you get prepared for this holiday season to avoid that January hangover. We're going to stop the conversation there for now. Jim and I have been talking lots in studio about impulse spending, this idea of saying no more, 
the prediction that we have about the upcoming gluttony that's going to be the 2021 holiday season. And we really want to continue the dialogue by helping you prepare to avoid that January visa hangover, the one that I know plagued me for years. So a good place to pause, allow some of this to digest. We're going to pick up the conversation right here where we left it off. We'll see you tomorrow morning. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety, I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt. Be intentional with your money. Jim Gebhardt is a registered representative of and securities offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Jim Gebhardt and Matthew Grishman are investment advisor representatives of Gebhardt Group Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, and Gebhardt Group Incorporated are not affiliated. The opinions in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or investment recommendations. To determine which investments or financial advice may be appropriate for you, consult a financial advisor prior to investing. Any reference to market performance is based on historical information and there is no expressed or implied guarantee of future performance. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Gebhardt Group Incorporated does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.